This podcast is sponsored by Happy Warrior Kava. Be a happy warrior. Drink, relax, and enjoy the strong and smooth taste of the best-selling kava in the islands. Happy Warrior Kava. Aloha and welcome to another edition of H&N Overtime on the Road. I am Kyle Chinen, joined again, as always, with Davis Pittner. Back again. Speaking of on the road, we are in the elements, my friend. We are out here doing it. Tell, tell, the, tell the folks where we're at. Well, we're, we're literally in front of the arena we were out, in yeah. really cold weather. It is, it is Sitting the nighttime, on a bench. nighttime on a bench outside of Poly Pavilion here on the campus of UCLA. Um, I have to say, this, this student life is kind of amazing right now. It's very, on a random about. Wednesday night, like right before finals week, it's crazy how many people are out and about. And in shorts, mind you, I am kind of cold, I will yeah, say. I was just going to say, how are we seeing people in like t-shirts and t-shirts shorts and right shorts now, and tank tops all, i'm freezing right we're now. all bundled up right now i am so cold but that that is besides the point because i might be real cold but you know who is red red hot tell me kyle the rainbow warriors there it is they are coming <laughs> off of a three-set sweep to open their big uh not big west their ncaa tournament um play as they swept north greenville um last night at uh, the poly pavilion it was a matched up that you know we thought were was going to be very good but you know at, in the end we 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 did see Hawaii taking this one whether it be in three sets four sets what have, what have you yeah i think definitely i mean we we were talking about it in the lost podcast episode and you know i think we came in and they they knew too we came into this thinking that you know greenville was you know going to go all out i mean we saw them have that unreal upset oh, against right. princeton that yeah. sweep and uh, I think it's safe to say that everyone was ready for that type of, you know, intense matchup. But, I mean, yep. it, it's kind of clear the Bows came out to play and I mean, wasn't that close. <laughs> I mean, you know, we, we were talking about, the, you know, the Cinderella kids, the Cinderella story and the Crusaders of North Greenville from South Carolina. All yeah. the way in the South Carolinas, you know, they were the Cinderella story. But unfortunately, you know, they, they, they woke up against DUH. They realized that it's, it was different. And uh, I think that was that that same sentiment was uh, echoed by their head coach, you know, who uh, coached his final game of collegiate volleyball last night against the Warriors. And right. You know, he, he, he kind of sang the praises of, of Hawaii uh, post match. Yeah. He, overall, he just seemed like a really nice guy. We even heard it from, you know, UH's head coach. And he said, he, you know, he just had a standout character. And, you know, it, I, what a way to finish off you know, your coaching career. I, know. I mean, even though they lost, it it was pretty unreal that they made school history. They beat Princeton right. and, uh, you know, unreal career. Exactly. You know, and he and both coaches, both teams, you know, anybody in this tournament, they're all about growing the game of men's collegiate volleyball. And and, you know, they they both said it was it was great for the game. This is great for the game. And, you know, here's what um, the North Greenville head coach had to say uh, post-match. Um, which in turn was his retirement speech. What can you say when you go up against a team that is the, one of the best in the country and at a level that is just something we just don't see? You know, at, at the, a small college like North Greenville, we don't get a chance to play teams that are that good all the time. 
that are that fast and that athletic. I mean, I don't have players from all over the world. I, I can't pick and choose who I can get. Uh, but we, you know, we find a way to, to compete. You know, I'm extremely proud of the way we competed. Hawaii is a phenomenal volleyball team. Probably, the, probably we were talking about it a little while ago, probably the best we've ever played in eight years. And we played you know, teams from all over the country. They just executed. We could never really get them, get them out of system. We never could get them uh, off their game a little bit. We were able to side out a couple times and they'd go on a 7-1 run or something like that. So that's, it's hard to, to beat a great team because they just stay patterned. They stay under, they stay under control. They're very disciplined. And we just couldn't, uh, we couldn't find a way to, to break through. You know, we'd, we'd come close and then they would go off on a run. They, they, you know, they're the best serving team in the country for a reason. And we just weren't used to this, that particular speed. I mean, we, we, I think we played uh, as good as we could against a team like that. But, you know, it's, uh, it was a real privilege to be here. You know, just to be here, we got through the first round representing Conference Carolinas out in the east. And we're just going to keep getting better. I mean, we're a very extremely young team. Fifteen of my players are freshmen or sophomores. And I'm going to lose two starters and uh, <clears throat> guys that we got to replace. But all our hitters are coming back. So we're, we could be back in this tournament next year very easily. Uh, so that's the thing that I'm most proud of, that we're able to take a very young team. You know, Torres and Michael De La Cruz are freshmen. And they played, you know, Michael, freshman of the year in our conference. And Gregory should have been the player of the year. And he had the, he had those kind of numbers, and uh, but uh, he's he has been the difference. I mean, Gregory had a had a great year for us, you know. But Sergio was the one that you know, that uh, really designed our offense and ran our offense all year long. And you know, time you finished twenty one and I think twenty one and six, that's the school record. We tied our you know, way beyond our school record for wins, but uh, it was a it was a great run. And I'm you know, I can I can step away from the from the sport and say, I think I did pretty good. I think I developed a program that uh, North Greenville can be proud of in the future and that uh, I can go, well done. So there you heard it. I mean, unreal career for that coach. Yep. Um, you know, did an unbelievable run with that team. And mm -hmm. the team fought. The team really did fight through, throughout the game. You know, the, the scores might not have reflected it, but, you know, the lead change was kind of back and forth until, you know, towards the end when Hawaii took uh, ran away with it. But, you know, they were putting out some good points. They, they're getting they're getting Hawaii out of system and, you know, just really, you know, making a great name for themselves, making a solid run in this tournament, you know? Yeah, I think it's a bright, bright future for the program. Absolutely. Um, but, Amy, we were we were both there. Yeah. And the other thing that I wanted to talk about was just the fans. Oh, the fans it were was un unreal, it was unreal seeing everyone come out. And, you know, Davis, I will say, you know, you were asking me about this, uh, you know, pre-match. Just, you know, I'm not, you know, what's the turnout going to look like? I'm saying... There was a good number of people in Columbus last year from when I saw it, um, and this year it was in L.A., so that's an easier trip, a cheaper flight, and as we both saw last night, they came out They came out in full force. Yeah. It was great to see. And you know that game point at the end, everyone standing up, it was, you could, it just filled up the entire arena. Oh, dude, like, when... When we're at home games, that's that's a tradition. You know, the crowd stands up, the the bench stands up. They do that, you know, that clap overhead. You know, this is supposed to be a neutral site, but you see that basically in every single seat that was filled, and you know, it's like we're back in Manoa. You know, we're back at the Stan Sheriff Center. It was crazy. Exactly. No, and they're gonna need it coming up oh, this Thursday. Absolutely. We got Ball State. Yeah, and you know, it's not an it's it's a team that we've seen before, right? We've seen them earlier in the season. And unfortunately, you know, the Cardinals got their way with us. But that being said, 
they were pretty undermanned. The they Warriors were. were. We were missing a lot of players. We were missing, uh, you know, three starters in Guilherme Voss, um, Chaz Galloway, you know, and, you know, Jakob Tella, who, you know, we both saw. He made history last night. He did. Most aces um, in a single season with 55 and counting. He's still got a, one, at least one more game to go, right? Yeah. No, that was unreal. His performance was unreal. And, I mean, like we were saying, they're going to need it against this team. And, you know, during the, the press conference that we, we covered and everything, too, uh, I mean, they were just saying that, you know, this isn't the team that we had back in January. This is an entirely different team. Absolutely not. You know, and Coach Wade, you know, kind of elaborated on it. You know, it's not very often that he sees a meaningful volleyball match in the middle of the season where you're down three starters, you know, for injuries or what have you. So he really was about adapting and, you know, unfortunately uh, didn't go their way. But now that's in the past. That's, that's all they're saying. And, you know, here's the rest of that press conference. You got Charlie Wade. You got Guilherme Voss, and you got uh, Demetrios Muklius, excuse me, um, on the mic ask, answering questions from us media members um, ahead of their match with Ball State. Coach, if you would please begin with the opening statement, and then we'll open up to questions after that. Yeah, just thrilled to be uh, still playing this time of year. You know, it's always a, a privilege to, to get this far, and. I'm excited to be playing against a, a really good Ball State team. Obviously, we saw them earlier in the year, and they are, uh, you know, a talented veteran group, four graduate students and three seniors. That's about as veteran as you can get in, uh, in college athletics. So, uh, you know, looking forward to competing against them. Coach, I know you said that this is, you know, a different game because when you guys lost the first time, you guys didn't have some players, and now this is kind of a different environment. But still, what makes Ball State so dangerous? Why are they here? Well, what I referred to in the opening statement clearly is part of it. You know, with that much veteran leadership and talent, experience, athleticism, four graduate students, three seniors on the floor, that's as old as, like I said, you can get in, in college athletics. Uh, and they got size and they got, they're, they're, they're really talented. The setter's really good. Um, yeah, we were impressed when we were there and, uh, and looking forward to getting on the court with them tomorrow. Uh, Gamey, for you, um, you know, you weren't a part of the, uh, those series at Ball State. Um, if you look back then, you know, how tough was that for you to kind of just watch and not being able to help um, and support your team, you know, just and now looking ahead, getting a chance to finally see them again, you know, how exciting is that for you or like, you know, kind of fuel to the fire? Yeah, no, it was uh, gruesome. Both me and Jakob were, uh, we lived together, so we were at home watching the games and having to be watching that and not affected at all but now we're all here and uh, we'll have a proper matchup again so I'm glad to be here and be able to have this rematch with them. Demetrius, uh, you were there. What was the biggest takeaway that you had uh, from those two matches? Uh, well, uh, even though we didn't have three starters, we didn't have Guilherme, we didn't have Jacob, and we didn't have Chaz. Uh, I think we fought really hard, and uh, it was like at the end of the set that we, we lost it. You know, we, lo we lost some points. And uh, yeah, we should, uh, we should have worked harder, and uh, yeah. Uh, Coach, how unique is it kind of where you play a team early in the year, but you almost feel like as much as you guys have grown as a team, but also that you didn't have three of your, your key players, that it was a totally different team that they saw that you guys will be on the floor uh, come tomorrow night. 
Yeah, it's a pretty unique situation. You know, I don't remember having something like that where we, you know, played a meaningful match and, and we're without four key players and three starters. So, like I said, I, I don't think that part's really relevant. You know, it's not, we're not the same team, clearly, and it's been a long, you know, season, and uh, I'm sure they've evolved too. So, um, you know, tomorrow's a, a totally different matchup and, uh, and two really different teams. If I could just break away for just a second, Donan Cruz, a Maui boy, wins uh, Coach of the Year. What do you think that means for the coaching profession that uh, a guy from Hawaii was able to bring that home? Yeah, it's awesome. You know, Donan's a, a guy that you know reached out to me early on when he was at Grandview, and we brought them out to Honolulu uh, several years ago, and we've just kind of stayed in in touch. And then as we were were talking about coming out this year. Um, you know, he's, he's been really gracious and reached out to me about a lot of different stuff. And we're actually scheduled to open the season with them in Honolulu next year. So, um, you know, we've got a good relationship and, and look forward to bringing him home next January. Question for uh, Guillermo and Demetrius. Uh, you guys yesterday, you had a sweep, pretty dominating win. Uh, tomorrow, are you guys expecting it to go that easy, considering you guys are that good, or expecting a, a little bit more of a fight? I mean, any, any match is hard. Even if yesterday the score was a bit more, uh, you know, spread out, it's, uh, they still fought really hard and they were still playing at a really high level. And at any point, if we were to let off the gas, they could have taken a set from us. So I think we expect that from any match at this level. Whoever gives in is absolutely going to lose a set, maybe even lose a match. And uh, I don't think there's someone that expects it not to be a good game tomorrow. Uh, we are sure that they will fight. And uh, it will be a pretty good match. Vinny Lopes here from off the block. Um, for all three of you, I wonder if you just take a second and maybe help educate the room and some volleyball fans, you know, watching. When you play a Ball State team that has a fast offense, what do you have to do at the net to slow down that type of offense? I think it starts even before the net. We are a very good serving team. If you can get the team off the net, they can't play as fast. So starting off with service pressure, that'll already help us quite a lot. Then it's just prioritizing their main weapons. I agree 100%. <laughs> and then, Demetrius, question for you. There's going to be a lot of Greek players on the court tomorrow night. Ball State has a Greek player. Why ask? What does that mean for you to go up against one of your fellow countrymen? And just all and just talking about the Greece volleyball culture. What is that like playing volleyball in Greece? Uh, it feels great. It feels great. Uh, we've been friends with Angelos uh, for many years, and. Uh, it always feels good to play with your countrymen. And uh, I had Spiros on my court this year, and I have, I'm playing against Angelos next, uh, next game. So it's going to be good. It's going to be good. Charlie, if you can expand upon the meaning of the fans uh, to this program. You spoke at the end of the match uh, against Long Beach. You took the mic. You addressed the fans. Uh, you said a quote that has become something uh, sort of the staple of this team uh, over the last few years. But if you can expand a little bit more about the significance of the fans and how that impacts the program as a whole. Yeah, and it really, I mean, I could talk for a long time about the importance of uh, the support we get from the community. I mean, and there's them showing up and there's the financial support, but really just the mana, you know, the energy that we feel from them when we're playing, uh, certainly in the Stan Sheriff Center, but look how many people come out here and we know pretty much everywhere we go, their Hawaii fans show up. And uh, I think the quote you're referring to is that when we win, we win uh, not only for our fans, but because of our fans. And you know, everyone associated with the program knows that that's true. And uh, we just try to, to you know, do everything we can to put on a good show when they're in front of us and, and keep working and putting a product on the floor that they're gonna be proud of.
to the players, Guilherme uh, and Dimi, do you remember what you said to each other the first time you saw each other after the loss when you folks landed in Texas? Do you remember that conversation or was there anything negative, positive coming uh, out of it? I can't speak on the specifics of the conversation, but I know what I would have probably said is just like in uh, the high level of play, if you get blocked, you miss a serve, you have to move on from that quickly or it'll affect the rest of your game. If you lose a game, you have to move on from that or it'll affect the rest of your season. So if I did say anything, it was along those lines. Just keep it moving, keep improving. I'm pretty sure we talked about uh, taking it as a, a motivation, these two losses, and that we, we had to work harder because you know there are many great teams in this, this season. Charlie, question for you. This is uh, your fourth or fifth NCAA tournament. I just want to ask, what have you learned or have you learned anything from those previous experiences just to help your team continue to stay loose and focused and not get so consumed with any of the pressure or anything along those lines? Not saying that your past teams have done that. but Yeah, no, I just think the more you're familiar with the kind of the routine, you know, how the days unfold and to help the athletes. And, you know, it's an advantage for us that this is our third year with guys that have done this time, you know, been through the routine. So just knowing how the day is going to unfold and know what the media obligations are and knowing, you know, kind of how your days build, I think uh, is an advantage to been through that as long as uh, you use it as that. Um, and I think that, you know, we've had success here in the tournament and uh, we know how to navigate the day and we know how to prepare and, and win matches to advance. Charlie, kind of on that note, Ball State's here for the first time in 20 years. Even though they're the number two seed, you guys were just here. Uh, these guys have been here all last year. Game-wise, how do you think that experience could play uh, a major role here tomorrow night? Even well, they're really excited. Uh, was it uh, a, a boxer had a quote where uh, everybody's got a plan to get hit in the mouth and uh, <laughs> get punched one time. So I think you, you're, everybody's going to kind of prepare the best they can. But once the match starts. You know, and you start playing and it gets down to just playing, then it's, you know, how you're going to deal with the, the guys in front of you and your side. So um, I think it's, it's, it's a bigger advantage getting you through the week. But once the match starts and the balls are in the air, it's about who's going to perform at the highest level. Guillermo, could you add anything to that, knowing uh, that you were a key piece last year and that experience, how that might play a role? Yeah, I mean, I can speak to how being in the spot in the past certainly uh, adds on to your own confidence. and. Volleyball being such a game of momentum, if you're confident in your playing and you're, you know, loose playing well, you'll continue to do so. So I do think that we uh, have uh, obviously more people that are coming back into here that have been in the tournament before. But just like we said in the beginning, they're a very experienced team and they can supplement the that from other games that they've had. For example, like a lot of other good teams that they've versed at just as high a level. Yep, and those were the Warriors ahead of their final practice before the Ball State game. And speaking of Ball State, on that side of the net, there is still a bit of Hoy connection as well. My friend, you know, they have two players, two freshmen on their roster from Hawaii, um, and their head coach, you know, probably the biggest connection, the head coach, he's from Maui. Coach he's of the year. Coach of the year, AVCA coach of the year, um, Donan Cruz. He um, really taking this Ball State squad to new levels, I think, and... He, he's from Maui. He's a Maui boy. 
Yeah, we got a lot of locals go, coming up this. And I mean, it just speaks for the sport, too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And you can just, it, it also speaks to just the culture of volleyball in Hawaii. You know, it's such a rich culture, such a profound um, love and admiration for this sport. Um, not really found anywhere else, I think. Um, and, you know, uh, Coach Wade, he did go, he did, he did mention Coach um, when asked. And he said, you know, they've been in talks for a long time now. And, you know, that just kind of sets things up to see a lot more, you know, Bose v. Ball State in the future. And um, I think Coach mentioned that they're supposed to see them to start the season next year. So, you know, we're, we're, I think this is the beginning of a, of a brand new rivalry, a lot of connections. 100%. And, you know, I just think it's just going to be fireworks. What are your thoughts about tomorrow's matchup? No, I, I think it's going to be fireworks as well. I don't think we're going to be seeing if a 3-0 sweep like we did with Greenville. I think this is definitely going to be, a, you know, four or five, uh, in my opinion, just knowing the history. And, you know, I think it's going to be a close matchup, especially with, you know, these players who weren't starting back when we played them in January, and now they're having a chance to start against them. Exactly. I think they're going to come out with some vengeance. I think they're going to come out with some anger. Oh, And I think they, they want this. They want I, this. I, I believe uh, Jakob Tella, after the Greenville match, he said, um, looking ahead to Ball State, he's like, this is personal for me. I was stuck on the couch. I couldn't watch the game. I couldn't, you know, actively be a part of it. And um, I don't want to start any, you know, social media wars or anything, but I, I read the Twitter feeds of the UH fans, the fan yeah, pages, yeah. and, you know, once they saw that we got Ball State, a lot of the tweets were coming in looking like, you know, hey, glad they get to face the Warriors for the first time, actually, this year. And it's just like... Yikes, they really, they really, I guess, you know, they really haven't seen the full force of this team, and we'll see. And I, I expect it to be fun. I'm excited for it. I'm excited to see the players play. I'm excited to see the fans. You know, oh, like absolutely. the coach was saying, you know, it's the fans help win the games, too. Absolutely. It's, it's 100%. All about it was funny seeing, like, you know, even in the press conference, mm -hmm. the UCLA student asked this, like, wow, you guys are all from Hawaii? Like, yeah. to all the like, media. <laughs> like, she thought we were all part of one one channel, one one thing, and went, nope, we're all separate. We all came here yeah. for this team, for this, for this state, for the matchups, you know, and and yeah, it's. I don't think people realize out here the the kind of love this uh, sport and this team uh, has back home. It's not even more of the love of the sport; it's just kind of more love of the culture, exactly. in my opinion, too. Yeah, for sure. And you know, it's it's just something very unique and special, and something that a lot of people rally behind. You know, we talked to fans last night, and they they're just so proud of this team. You know, they represent. You know their state, their home, and on the national stage. So I think that knowing that the Warriors, they're, they're going to play hard. They're going to play fast, and yeah, you know, get your popcorn ready, Davis, because you know we're in Hollywood, we're in LA. The stars come out, and the Warriors stars are finally back in the lineup to play Ball State. They're ready. They're ready to go. You were waiting to say that like all day, oh, weren't you? I've been waiting to say it since we got off the plane, Davis. <laughs> Oh, my God. Well, that's going to do it for us out here. Uh, we're cold. We yeah. need jackets. We need to go inside. But we are going to be ready for game day. And I hope all of you guys are, too. I hope you all come out and support the Bows. Uh, Kyle, this is this is going to be quite the game. I'm oh, excited. Oh, it'll be exciting. And I, am, I can't wait to cover with you, man. And uh, hopefully we make it to Championship Saturday. We'll see. We will see. And that has been another edition of the H&N Overtime Podcast. For Davis Pittner, I'm Kyle Chenin.
Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for taking a listen to this episode. You can find the rest of our episodes on anywhere you find your podcasts.